0: What's up everybody? My name is Shane Kohler and this is The Conscious Love Show. Thanks so much for joining me here where each week I'm sharing true-to-life insights and experiences from my journey and how I've created the loving and committed partnership I have today. I answer your questions and have live discussions with you so I can support you in your specific situation. And I bring in experts and people who know their stuff so we can all learn from their perspectives. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most, and I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the living relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love. Okay. Welcome back everybody. Welcome to another episode of the conscious love show. I'm really excited about today's episode. Today I have my friend and fellow coach Emily joining us. And I just wanna say, um You know i I met emily i met you in a coaching program we did together and i don't know if i've ever shared this with you but just you were like one of my favorite people throughout the whole program you know whatever interactions we had i loved what you had to share i love the way you showed up i I love the way you like represent yourself on social media you're such a badass it's just it's awesome so i love it today we're going to talk about healing your relationship with men and i'm really excited to hear what you have to share on this topic so i'll just introduce you quickly Emily DeBover is a woman's life and relationship coach. She is a certified somatic healer who guides women through releasing energy in their bodies and lives that keeps them stuck, leaving them with tools to consciously create a life and relationship that feels fulfilling on a soul level. So that's amazing. And you're amazing. And I'm super excited to hear what you have to say. So welcome, Emily.
1: Thank you. My goodness. What a welcome. It felt so good to receive um, that compliment and just hear how you felt about me throughout the program, um, because you just never know. I think it's like just it's just so funny and so exciting to hear what your interpretation was of me. So thank you for that amazing intro. I am so happy to be here today.
0: Awesome, awesome. Well I'm really happy to have you. So today's topic is how to heal your relationship with men. And I'm really interested to hear what you have to share on the topic. To start, if we could, just I'd love to get like an idea of your background and like what happened for you that you felt you needed to heal your relationship with men. That is a really good
1: question. There were a few things specifically. I knew that I had a really broken relationship with men, but for a long time I was okay with that. You know, I was like, I don't care. Like I I've been wronged, I've been hurt. And so it actually is better and feels better for me and safer to have a strained relationship with men to look at them through a certain lens. And it really got to a point it sort of was when I had this sort of cosmic crumble where all areas of my life sort of caved in. I really didn't like my job. I, I had really lifeless friendships and a relationship that I had been in on and off just kept crumbling, kept crumbling. There was like no hope, no bones for it, um, no tools. And I just sort of threw myself into personal develop, d- development and group programs um, and women's work, and desire work. And that's where light was shed on the fact that my relationship with men wasn't supportive. I was looking at them through a completely different lens in, in a very unsupportive way. And it just showed me how much I was limiting the love in my life, limiting the connection in my life, and how much I had to like dig up and look at and sift through. Um, which was hard, but it, it was necessary to have the support and the atmosphere to go through it. So that is really where it was an entire life crumble And I really was shown when I stepped into changing my life, how key it is to rebuilding my relationship with men, with the masculine, to have a fulfilling life on a level. Right. And that's what I wanted.
0: So if somebody was wondering right now, like, do I need to heal my relationship with men? What would be like the kind of red flags that they would, that would show them that they need to do that?
1: That is a really
2: good question. Oh, that is
1: good. You know, the first thing that comes up for me is, do you feel... Anger. Do you feel like a victim? Do you feel as though men are harming you? Do you feel as though like the masculine structure of the world is harming you? Like I really lived in victim to men, the masculine, the way things were the patriarchy, like I was just like, I am out, they're out to get me, I am being wronged. And that really just like deflated me of my power. Mm -hmm. and of my ability to make a change and to step into the most expansive version of myself and so I would really say look out for that look out for the victim story where you're like he's bad he's wrong he's hurting me and that just that that literally puts you in a rut that backs you into a corner and and it's like no arms no legs you can't do anything when you're in that mindset so I'd say definitely look out for that.
0: Right, right. Okay. Tell me a little more about that. Like, how does that happen where, you know, if I'm in this, I've been wronged, I've been hurt, I'm a victim, the patriarchy, the, you know, all this stuff, how, because I think a lot of people, when they do that, or when they take that perspective, it makes them feel powerful.
2: Mm -hmm. You're saying it actually
0: takes our power away. So how does it take our power away?
1: So I believe that when We are looking at all of the reasons why we're being wronged. We're looking for all of the reasons why like we actually can't change our life. It's almost like we're fighting for our stuckness, our smallness, our disconnection. And we're just more connected to our wounding more connected to our sadness our hatred than we are to like our love and our connection which I truly believe is the catalyst for growth and expansion and I do believe that we find that through connection instead of disconnection and I've been on both sides because I've been in the disconnection where like I'm powerful you're wrong you're against me I'm protecting myself hmm But I also believe that that takes a lot of unnecessary energy. It's like this baggage that you're carrying around that eventually you put down and you're like, whoa, I can breathe. So much better. Like I I can find my center so much easier. I can connect so much more yeah. deeply. And it's you don't know until you know, sort of thing, but once you know, you're like, how did I ever live
0: any other way? Right. I've often said that, you know, the way to win the war is not to kill everybody, but it's to walk off the battlefield.
1: Oh my God. I love that. That's exact. that's Ten out of ten, it is. I'm like, it's to leave and take a few breaths.
0: Yeah, so that's that's amazing. I I love that. So when we're you know fighting like that, when we're in the war like that, it's it's like we're actually we're connected to all the things that disempower us, our, our wounding and and you know all the things that limit us. So what does what does the healing journey look like specifically around men, or maybe I should just ask like, what did it look like for you?
2: Mhm that is
1: that's a great question as well and it's been a journey of um forgiveness first and foremost I think was really the seed because I lived within my victim story because I grew up with a, an abusive father I uh, watched my dad uh verbally physically abuse my mother um and then the same with me and my other siblings it was mainly focused towards uh me and or like the oldest woman in his field and we had a disconnected relationship for seven years we didn't speak for seven years we reached kindled our relationship before the before everything shut down. So I'm like, what even year was that? It was like 20 2020, 2019 ish. And so like, it started with reconnection and forgiveness with those who wronged me. And And I would say you don't necessarily have to reconnect. Like if that's too much of an edge, if that feels too uncomfortable, totally fine. But going into my inner child, um, you know, holding, nurturing and loving her and allowing her to see my father and see the men, the partners who have wronged me or hurt me and see them in the light of understanding and love and forgiveness. So I could sort of put down my sword Mm -hmm. and just be like, everyone is literally trying the best they can with the tools that they have. Like my dad was not given the tools to raise daughters in the 20th, the 21st century. Like he just wasn't. And that didn't really work for either of us. And so we had to go through so many things. So forgiveness was really helpful. And then shifting my mindset from like my victim story to looking at life and my uh, interactions with men as how are these things happening for me? Like, What is this teaching me? What is this adding to my life? What do I get to learn, understand um, and evolve through here instead of this has taken this, this and this away from me? Mm -hmm. I choose to see it as this, this and this is adding to my life in a certain way. And then a massive part has been learning about men. Mm -hmm. We are, you know, learning about men's brains how they are different from women I just always related to men as you know Alison Armstrong says this a lot as hairy misbehaving women and I'm
2: like, I've
1: heard that, yeah. <laughs> which I love I just love that so but it's true I really mm-hmm. related to men being like you should be thinking doing and acting exactly as I am and if you aren't you're wrong you are hurting me and that's just so not true so it's been so miraculous to learn the differences between men, between women, how their brains work, how they're supporting us, et cetera. That's just been so massively uh, impactful for me in my healing journey with men.
0: That's amazing. I, I love everything you just shared. Now, I heard, I heard kind of three key points there. One was forgiveness. The second one was kind of seeing the benefit in some of these negative experiences that you've had. And then the third one was understanding and learning more about men. So I'd like to just kind of explore each of those with you a little bit. Absolutely. Yeah. And the first question I have is for somebody, you know, like I see it in the comments, or sometimes if I'm coaching somebody, it'll come up like, people will say like, I could never forgive them. I I could never forgive them. So what would you say to somebody who says I could never forgive them?
1: Totally. And for those who do feel that you could never forgive them, it's not so much about letting them off of the hook for what they've done. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not saying it's okay that you did that. That was great do it again. That's not in my eyes, what forgiveness means. And that's not what forgiving them necessarily means. It just releases you of the weight and of the holding of condemning them or condemning the situation for the rest of your life. Like there's this quote by Buddha that holding onto a grudge is like drinking poison and expecting the other person to die. Right. And I just love that because I have felt constant holding of grudges and pain and hatred and if anything like it poisons my system much more than it does there you don't even need to let the other person know you're forgiving them it's just right. like sort of this self-release like if anything you're doing it for you and your yeah your system your body
0: yeah so what i want to know is like you were talking about you felt that holding that grudge holding that pain holding that how does somebody let go of that or how did you let go of that like is there is there a process is there a way like how how do we just Stop that! You know
1: mm-hmm. that is a really good question. I do go through. There are certain forgiveness techniques that I teach. I really love going into sort of like somatically, visually guided experiences where you tune in with where you feel that weight, that heaviness, this that anger in your body to have, you know, my clients close down their eyes, sort of tune into that, understand that feeling a little bit more, and then use that feeling to guide them back to where they first felt Mm that. What was the circumstance? What was happening? Who who do you see? What are they doing? And can we sort of remap what was happening? Can you actually like as your physical person go into that scene? With your younger self, with that other person, can you look them in the eye and just maybe see that they are a hurt child, that they have something unhealed within them that is having them act out that way, Mm. something they were never taught, a part of them that was never loved, and just able to see them in the light of like innocence and understanding Um, And so I really love going into inner child work, both the inner child of the person and the villain in the circumstance and being like everyone once was a child. And a lot of us were not given the tools, the love, the support, the guidance that we needed to show up as our best selves in every circumstance. Yeah. And I think that's really been helpful.
0: And so, like you said, it's not condoning the behavior. It's not, you know, what you did is right or okay or go do it again. But it is, I can understand How that happened and why that happened.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And I think that even gives you even more leverage into being able to see it if it comes up again and be like, oh, okay, like this person may have had similar wounding as my ex or or an old friend, and like I have been through this portal before. I I see that maybe I'm calling this in, um, and I know how to walk away from it. Mm -hmm. You know, I feel like if you hold on to anger and and resentment, it it almost breeds you to continue to create those circumstances
2: yeah
0: you know that's that's a really interesting point you bring up is like you know when you're kind of in that wounded relationship with men or i mean probably even works the other way men with women right but when you're in that wounded relationship you're kind of setting yourself up to attract more of that
1: yeah and that's what i did for like years and years i was like a serial dater who like hated men but like kept dating obviously was obsessed with them at the same time Mm -hmm. and just kept calling in these like relationships that were just so not it like so on. and it was it was me you know like I couldn't be in solid conscious partnership when I hated the person I was dating or like disliked the idea of men and masculine and them So, I just kept having these failed relationships, and I was like, okay, something's got to get here.
0: Yeah. And along those lines, I've often even said that, you know, if you view men that way, right? Like men are jerks or men are assholes or whatever. And then you meet a man who's not that, you're going to actually view him as like less of a man, right? Like he's not going to be a man in your eyes.
2: Yeah, That's yeah, what...
0: totally.
1: It's it's different, I know. And then you, and then it's almost like you push those ones away.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Very, very interesting how the mind works, you know.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: So let me ask you about finding the positive benefit in in some of these negative experiences. I know, like some people might look at things that happen in their life and go, like, how the hell could that ever benefit me at all? So what was your journey with that?
1: <sighs> yeah, and and even you know, I I don't want to act like I'm higher and better because there are still moments. Where I'm like, how the hell did that happen, and what did I get from that? Like that, that, that sucked overall. And I feel like still acknowledging the suckiness is a part of it. And being like, that really did suck. And here's what it taught me. Mm-hmm. It taught me that like I'm really strong and resilient. It taught me, you know, like I, I just think back to what growing up in, a, in an abusive household taught me. It taught me that I have the ability to recreate an environment that either gets to be abusive or not abusive it showed me that like i have the power to change and to decide and to learn the tools to create a household That is so loving, so supportive, um, where I can really connect with my kids, where I can really take care of myself outside of raising children or being a a part of a family dynamic so that I can show up to the best of my ability. Man, I got to see that men are also hurting. I got to see that men also have wounds um, just as much as women do. And if anything, that allows me to bring compassion, loving, and understanding into. My relationship with my my brothers, my relationship with um, male friends that I meet, and my relationship obviously with my partner and with any other men I run men I run into. And I have the decision to get into that, and sort of you know you don't have to get in and sift through all of their shit with them, but being able to honor what my values and boundaries are and respectfully move past it. So it's just it has taught and shown me that I have the ability to do all of those things.
0: Yeah. You know, it's interesting because a lot of a lot of times when we hear somebody grew up in an abusive household or somebody went through this kind of experience, the the assumption is that they're going to then perpetuate that experience. And you're saying that growing up in that household actually allowed you to create something different. So What do you think makes the difference between somebody who goes out and then perpetuates that experience again or somebody who uses that to be able to create something completely the opposite? Yeah.
1: Well, I will let you know that I definitely perpetuated it for a while.
0: Okay, good to know.
1: (laughs) It wasn't wasn't an immediate shift. It took, and it's so beautiful to look back on the journey of my life and be like, wow, it had to take me there so that I could be here today. Mm -hmm. And I did perpetuate all sorts of abuse in relationships, whether it was verbal, physical, emotional, mental, and it just came with the decision. I literally had to decide that I was no longer a victim to my circumstances, but I was a co-creator in my circumstances. I was someone who could take control of my emotions, take responsibility for what I was creating, and just decide to be like, okay, what did all of that teach me? And how can I bring that into creating a future that feels fulfilling and nourishing and loving and safe, instead of blindly, unconsciously falling back into the same things? It takes like a conscious,
0: yeah. I love what you said that I'm not a victim of my circumstances or of my life, but I, I am, but I'm a co-creator in it, right? Like everything that's happened, like I'm participating with it. I have a part in bringing it about. And like, that's a, that's a tough jump for people to make sometimes is like, you know, from being a victim to a co-creator. I have two questions here. One, what are some of the reasons somebody would not want to do that? And two, what are the benefits of doing that?
1: I do believe, and I've seen and heard through my client sessions and through comments, you know, you get online that, and you see it a lot in trends nowadays. Like I've closed my heart. I've protected myself. Now I'm safe. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that people stay in line and connected to their victim stories because they've perpetuated this false reality of safety, or maybe that's just what they feel is safe. Like Mm -hmm. I can protect myself because I know everyone out there is bad and wrong. So I've got my suit of armor. I've got my sword. Got my helmet. I can really make sure that I'm never going to get hurt again. I'm never going to be let down again because that hurts. Being let down hurts. Having your expectations not met hurts. And life is filled with polarity, it's filled with ups and with downs. And to love is to grieve Mm. as well. And I think that that is something that you really do just have to surrender to and come to terms with that, like, life is going to Feel really good. And it's also probably going to feel not so good at times. Mm -hmm. And I believe that when you step into your power and out of the victim story, you like, I just sort of see this like, you release the reins. You're no longer like white knuckling life. You're really just like (sighs) softening. You're able to like feel so much more, you know, like when you're clenched and tight and protecting yourself, you actually cannot soften and surrender to the delicious pleasure that it is to like be alive to like one, be in your body, to two, just exist in this crazy experience we're living in, to like exchange words with others, to connect deeply with men. I mean, love and partnership is just one of the most sacred things we can experience that I really think we have this lifetime to experience. So allowing yourself that pleasure, like how good, can you let it be?
0: I love that. I love everything you just said. And there, you know, there's the other side of the coin is that to have all of that, I have to be willing to be with the pain too. Right. It's like, I can't have one without the other. And if I, if I choose not to have the pain, then I'm just cutting myself off from everything.
1: Totally. I'm like, what is that? I feel like there's a, um, a song and there's a lyric that says I'd rather hurt than feel nothing at all.
2: Mm-hmm. I know the and song.
1: I know it's somewhere. It's floating in the abyss of my brain. I'm like, I can hear the lyrics, but I really—that's exactly to this point. It's—it's. It's, mm-hmm. I would rather feel the pain than completely numb myself to everything.
0: Right. Yeah. That's so true. I mean, that's that's being alive, right? And if if you don't have that, like, you're just the Walking Dead in a way. <laughs> <laughs> no offense exactly. to anyone who might be experiencing <laughs> that right now.
1: I don't mean to call you a dead person, but kind of.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and you and I have both been there, I think. So it's yeah. so you mentioned earlier, needing to learn a lot about men or or like learning about men really supported you. And I, I'd love to know, like, what are some of the things you've learned about men that have helped you heal your relationship with them?
1: And I love this because I think these are like logical. I feel like people love like bite sized tidbits more like broken down of like, oh, wow, that's different. Here's what I can learn. It's sort of like, you know, the science behind it. And some of the main things are knowing like how logical men are, like how structured they are and how they love, you know, like my partner is like focused on creating long-term wealth. So he's like, okay, here's the budget and here's what is going to fit within it. And I'm like, oh, let's just play and travel all the time and have fun. And he's like, there needs to be support, logical support so that we can have more, we can expand on that. And in the past, you know, I, probably would have looked at it through the view of like, you're just so tight and short. And like you, you know, I would look at it in a negative sense. But really, now I get to see how that logic is so supportive for my feminine, so supportive for our ecosystem within the relationship, the house, our future, our kids. I love knowing that men are single focused. And that when they are like honed in on something, you know, how many times has your partner been doing something, you ask them to do something else, and they don't do it. They don't take out the garbage, they don't want to put the dishes in the dishwasher, because they are single focused. And if their attention isn't fully focused on the one thing you ask them on you, it likely will be shoved away, not focused on and not done. And we can easily, which I've done in the past, take take that super personally. Mm-hmm. You know, and just take that on and be like that feel unsafe. It's not conducive to like a, a healthy, happy, clean, loving household, you know, what you make it mean something that it actually isn't. Right, right. Um, and like what there was one other thing that was in my brain. Letting men win with you, like the desire that a man has to serve and support and provide. Like I had no idea. I had no idea because I didn't let anyone support provide. I was so closed off and shut down and in my like independent girl boss, closed hearted era that I just didn't allow myself to receive the love, receive the support, receive the leading of, you know, having, having any part of my life be helped out with. When I actually started to let my current partner, like help me, like when I let him in on what was actually going on for me, when I shared things that I was scared to share because I was afraid to look a certain way or afraid to let him in on a certain level, like I saw the way that that changed him. I saw the way that that impacted him and called him forward to be like, wow, I really can step in and support her because she's letting me. And I still see that every day in my relationship. And he speaks to how he loves to provide, how he loves to support, like how much fulfillment he gets from it. And also how it's a driving factor for him to be in his most conscious self, for him to show up to work every day, show up to his form of taking care of himself, to show up within our relationship vulnerably long
0: story short. I I love all of those tips. And I think the last one especially was was really, really powerful. Um, And as a man, I could say like, yeah, that desire to provide and, you know, be needed. And, you know, like, like, that's, that's huge. I think, you know, something that was coming up for me as you were sharing is I, I feel like there are probably a lot of women out there who feel like men have no desire to provide for them or no desire to support them or no desire to care for them. I guess if, you know, if you were speaking to somebody who's feeling that way right now, like what would need to happen in order for that person to start to experience that side of men?
1: I love that question. I do believe that you have to one start to look for it. Hmm. You have to look like you get to decide which lens you look through. And if you're looking through the lens of men are trying to take from me, men are hurting me. They are not trying to support and provide for me. That is one, all you'll see and two, all you'll create. And so I would say, shift your perspective. Perspective is everything. Start to look for all of the ways in your immediate experience and even outside of you where men are providing and supporting, like, The other day I was driving past construction workers and I was just like, wow, like you guys are really performing an incredible service of like taking care of this structure and making sure everyone around, they were like stopping my car. So like, you know, a little like bricks could be carried over my car's head. So like they wouldn't fall on me. I was like, that's, I just feel really supported here where like, one, they're building the structure 2 They're making sure I'm safe in my car. Like the man who's bagging your groceries, like really acknowledge and support or, or and see the support that he's giving you. Um, maybe he tries to help like put your bags into your cart, like maybe before you wouldn't have let him, you've been like, no, I can do it myself. Mm-hmm. Like allow yourself to see all of the areas, both near and far where men are being in a supportive role. Like a guy who's, you know, manning the crosswalk, like a pilot, and you're, you're the, the guy at the cafe who's making your latte, like you get to decide how you look at it. And the more you put your energy, attention and focus there, the more you're going to see it and the more you're going to create it.
0: Yeah. You know, I, I was thinking as you were, as you were sharing is like, we often think about men or women from this really myopic kind of view of like, they're all one way. And when you, when you really think about it, like if you look at all the men in the world or all the women in the world, like they are so vastly different, they're any and every kind and when we make a decision like this is how they are and then we relate with it yeah so really just opening up like oh there's this kind of man and there's that kind of man and oh look at all the ways they're helping me and and Mm -hmm. like you know i love the carrying the groceries to the car like just allowing some strange man to support you and feeling like wow here's somebody i don't even know and he's helping me and like letting that in is that's that's really profound yeah
1: and it's a journey to get there but once you it is A lot of my work is like heart centered stuff, because I feel like it's my life has been closing my heart, it's so much easier to close my heart than it is to open up feel share vulnerably, etc. And it is really just opening yourself up to receive that and that is
0: vulnerable you know i think you're right like vulnerability is such a huge part of this right and it goes back to that willingness to experience the pain i actually along those lines i wanted to ask you something else you've mentioned a couple of times in passing that there's the understanding of i can see their wounds or i can see what they're going through or i can you know i can understand that but also i know like where the line is for me where my boundaries are i think a lot of times When we start understanding, we can often become too understanding. And it's like, oh, well, I understand that. So now I'm willing to deal with it. How do you find that line?
1: Totally. I love that question because I have also fallen into that space as well. And I do love the compassionate, empathetic side of me. And it's for me to get clear on my own what does and doesn't feel good. And I personally, um, you know, I have to create space for myself to be in inquiry with what feels good within me. And a lot of the times I just journal around that. I'm like, this is what feels good. And if a line is crossed, like if this line is crossed, that, that's where it's pushing it too far. Yeah. And also it's just my relationship. Like, with my body and my ability to tune in with how I feel when when a line is being pushed is being crossed, and it's building sort of that inner trust and understanding with myself to be like, okay, is this someone who maybe is just making a a mistake, someone who's just being human, or is this a pattern? You know, when I, when I'm in spaces where I'm like, okay, this is a pattern and I can't take this on to fix. I've worked an Al-Anon program on and off for a while. And one of those principles is knowing that like, we can only take care of ourselves. You can't really get in and fix the other person, especially if they're not willing to change. Mm -hmm. And so keeping an eye out for their willingness to change seeing what action they are taking in taking care of themselves in trying to change. Are they, you know, going to therapy? Are they in a 12-step program? Are they trying to communicate with you around it? Or is it just, you know, sort of like what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing and expecting different results?
0: Right. So in the, in a situation where, you know, maybe the wounding is showing up and especially if somebody's maybe in process of healing their relationship with men, and then, you know, trying to open their hearts and then they get involved with someone and maybe some wounding shows up or some kind of toxic behavior shows up, there could be a very automatic reaction to, oh, this is bad. I need to pull away or, or maybe the opposite. Maybe I need to go in and tr- try more. It, it sounds like you're suggesting more of a, like, let me get in touch with myself first. Oh, really? Right? Before I pull away or before I reach in, like, let me get in touch with myself, get in touch with my truth, and then allow that to kind of guide the next right thing.
1: Yes. Yeah. A thousand percent. I like in any heated um, exchange, I really love, like, even if it sort of elevates and gets to a point, like, and you don't pause and like remove yourself right away, even after maybe the event has happened, I would say personally, this is what feels so good for me. And it's been really successful for my clients is taking space, Mm -hmm. is separating, is getting out of the heated space. Because when you're in that fight or flight response, you, you really cannot tune in with your logical thinking you can't see things clearly you're in your reaction and when you're in your reaction you're going to convince yourself of anything you're going to convince yourself Mm -hmm. that you're right and they're wrong they're hurting you you need to get out when really separate take some deep breaths like really go into the emotion feel what it's trying to tell you is there anything it's trying to teach you does it need anything from you Mm -hmm. And then I just love to journal on like what it is that I'm feeling, what it is that I'm making up in my mind. A lot of my arguments have been the story that I've created around it the story I've made up in my mind is and even being able to go back into it later and share that with your partner, being able to see what my boundaries are and what I, what I need, how I need to be supported and re- being able to get really clear on that and to know that I'm not a victim and to know that like we can really come back together and at least on my side of the street, I can show up with love, vulnerability and honesty and some sense of, of knowing to where i want this to go how i want this to feel and if that is on the line i can try to step away
2: right
0: you know something i was thinking as you were sharing is like when people end up in these situations where they're just in a toxic relationship for you know it's just going on and on and they can't get out of it or 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 maybe in the opposite where they just can't get into a relationship you know like oh every everything they try is just a dead end but when people are stuck in these kind of repetitive patterns what, what came up for me as you were sharing is Maybe the thing they're not doing is taking that space that you're talking about.
1: No, I was just going to say, I wasn't taking the space when I was, when I was perpetuating those cycles, I wasn't, I was like, let's yeah. just stay. Cause I loved the chaos.
0: Mm-hmm. There's the, there's like kind of an addictiveness to the chaos. And as long as you stay in that, you can't get free of it. So there actually is like, it's necessary to remove yourself, take some space, get a different perspective on the situation and then come back to it from there.
1: Absolutely. I've seen even some teachers share like my partner and I aren't allowed to have conversations until we've separated and have like worked out for like 15 minutes, mm. like have blown off steam, have released the charge, have moved the emotion. Right. Because if, if there's no space for those things to move there and you're in this little one on one convo, they're just going to go back and forth towards one another.
0: hmm. Yeah, that that is so true. It's like, when you're, when you're in it, it's just so hard to get out of it. Like, you know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna turn it around from that place.
1: No, not at all. It's just gonna keep digging a deeper hole. In my eyes, I'm like, I just I feel like some some teachers teach one way and are like, you got to stick with it got to stay through it. But the one thing that has truly benefited my partner and I and my clients is taking that space.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. And I I think, you know, part of that, and I can even see for myself and in my relationship, like one of the reasons that I would struggle to take that space is because like, I would feel the need to like fix it right now. And, you know, going back to something we said earlier about you need to like be okay with the discomfort. You need to be okay with the pain a little bit. Like there also needs to be a space in your relationship for that to be there. And like, it doesn't have to be fixed Right now, you know,
1: mm-hmm. totally. And I have felt I like so so deeply can relate with that, and that was a part of what I label as like my codependency, my need yes, to make sure the other person felt a certain way about me, mm-hmm. and to make make sure that they were okay, me and that their emotions were okay. And it's just that's actually not up to me. That's been a really beautiful learning and lesson for me as well as I can't make anyone feel anything. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: I can only support and navigate my emotions And their reaction, yes, it may have been impacted by something that came up between us. But it's also their responsibility to take care of their emotions and see what's coming up for them. Instead of, you know, I never thought about it in that way in the past. And so I took it took their emotions and their emotional response on as my responsibility. Mm -hmm. And that was just because of my upbringing.
0: Yeah. Well, this has been phenomenal. I've loved so much of, I mean, you've shared so many incredible things. It's been so great having you on here. I'm kind of out of questions, you know, like I feel like we've just, we've talked about so many incredible things, but is there anything you'd like to add to the conversation that we haven't touched on yet?
1: You know, I just want to let everyone know that there is so much Hope. If you feel like you're at this place of sort of hopelessness or at a dead end, there always is room for it to get better. Life is only getting better. Life is only happening for you. And I just trust you to start to shift and look at your life that way. If anything, perspective is everything and you're in charge of that. And that should be really empowering and really supportive. And that will bring so much hope into your life.
0: That is amazing. I love that. Do you have any, anything you're offering right now or anything, uh, any ways people can connect with you if they want to get to know you better or work with you?
1: Yeah, totally. So, um, right now I am in the process of launching an eight-week program that's all about self-connection self-regulation it's two months one month we're really focusing on removing stuck stagnant energy and trauma from our bodies so we can connect deeper with our inner child move through limiting beliefs so on and so forth and then we move into month two which is connecting with men understanding the differences between men and women and how we can bring our connection with ourselves into relationships. So that's called Embodied. That actually starts on Tuesday, the 15th of November, which I'm really, really, really excited about. Um, And then definitely just keep an eye on my Instagram at mdebober and then my TikTok at mdebober. I'm going to be launching some more online courses, do-it-yourself courses um, for for people to just put through on their own at home because I just want everything to be so accessible.
0: Amazing! Amazing. This has been phenomenal. Again, thank you so much for making the time to meet with me and sharing your your wisdom and your beauty. This has been incredible, and, and I appreciate it so much. Um, yeah, to the to the listeners, if you want to connect with M, I'll post your links and things in the uh, wherever I post it, so people can find it, <laughs> and in the description, and um, and yeah, definitely. I like I said, I love the way you represent yourself on social media, and and like the the things you share, you know, you, you, I mean, your style is awesome, but then you put these little quotes up and just the little, or little insights you've had. And they're, they're actually beneficial for me all the time. I'm like, Oh, it's great. You know? So, well, um,
1: thank you, Shane. Thank you for this amazing space for these incredible questions. I just know that the listeners are going to get so much out of this. So thank you for having me.
0: Well, my pleasure. Thank you for being on here, uh, sending you so much love and we'll talk again soon.
1: Sounds good. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Thanks again for checking out the show. Please subscribe on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on the most. And I would love it so much if you leave a review and tell people what you think of us. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the living relationship to connect more closely. And I'm grateful to be supporting you on your journey to love.